0: Welcome to the show. In the last episode, I talked about three of my predictions for the new year. I started out by talking about how AI is not in fact going to take your job and that I think people and brands are going to lean in to their own personalities and points of view to points of differentiation. Because if they don't, AI actually can take their jobs. My second prediction was about fine dining. Maybe that was my third prediction. Either way, I talked about fine dining and how I feel like we've probably reached the unsustainable end of the 19 word ingredient pedigree type of cooking that has been so fabulous and so inspired. But has now probably run its course. And then the last thing I talked about was that I think whoever can come up with something that will ease social anxiety that is not booze will win. I am kind of already regretting this prediction because even though I do not partake, I think legalized weed is probably that solution already that I just wasn't thinking about. Either way, I made some predictions because in every single episode of this show, I force my guests to make predictions. And so I felt like it was only fair if I did the same thing. Well, to balance out my very self-centered episode of predictions... In this week's episode, we are going to hear predictions from five guests, five people who have allowed me to pepper them with questions on top floor and hear what they think about the future of the hotel business. Jodi Merle is founder and CEO of Innovative Travel Marketing. She and I talked in episode 34 about how she helps hotels barter their unused rooms for advertising, which is a very interesting concept. Jodi also worked on the movie Xanadu, which is obviously one of the greatest movies of all time, starring the late Olivia Newton-John. Anyway, I asked Jody about the future of luxury hotels at a time when extended stay and economy properties are all the rage with investors, case in point. Hilton recently announced a new economy brand, Spark by Hilton. Here is our conversation. According to brokers and hotel real estate experts, Right now, investors are really looking hard at extended stay and select service projects to buy or to invest in. Mm -hmm. At the same time, all of these non-hotel lodging companies like Airbnb, Sonder, etc. continue to grow and to claim market share. So as someone with such a depth and breadth of experience on the luxury side, what do you think is in the future for luxury hotels and resorts? Right.
2: It's going to grow. There's no question. Because people want experiences. They want different experiences. And they want to be served. And they also want to be protected. I think what's going to happen. You may see smaller properties because people may want a little bit more intimate experience. You're seeing a lot of the big box hotels that did boutique hotels, and they're now transitioning to become independent uh, because people do want experiences. Again, safe, small experiences. Uh, Luxury resorts are where it's at. I that the owners also in some cases are looking at huge management companies and what's been happening and they want to be more profitable they want to do their own thing they do want to create a little special experience and so when it's coming back and being taken back they have to do a lot of work so with that work they have to do marketing to establish their brand Uh, the future for luxury hotels and resorts is on the rise it's going to be spectacular and people are willing to spend money for something different. Our next fortune
0: teller is Kevin Rahani, founder and CEO of Camo a marketplace dining platform for hotels. Camo is like a ghost kitchen on steroids. And you should definitely go back to episode 41 if you missed it. It's really worth listening to. Kevin's a longtime hotel guy. And so I asked him to share his thoughts on the future of the business of hotels. Now is the time in the show when we look ahead, predict the future, gaze into our crystal balls, maybe do a couple magic tricks along the way. What is a prediction that you have about the hotel business?
1: I actually believe that the industry will continue to consolidate. If you thought all the big brands had already bought each other, it's going to continue. And there will be maybe a couple big players, formidable players. And I think as a result of once that happens technology will start to flourish, right? Because there is scalability. When you have 5 owners or 5 companies that represent you know, 50% of the hotels in the US, then, then making a decision means that it is nationwide. But when you have 10,000 owners that own these hotels, it's a lot harder to create any, sort, any form of consistent change. So I think consolidation is tough but at the same time it will force innovations in technology that have been lacking so i think it's going to finally bring it all together where you've gotten that perfect mix of you know innovation and technology with service right without alienating one for the other so so that's mine i think we'll find the balance of where like automation and service meet
0: all right i'm going to play this back for you in a year and we're going to see how well you did The next prediction comes from the powerhouse that is Davon Reeves. Davon is a hotel owner and CEO of Vester, a crowdfunding platform for hotel real estate investing. We talked about all of that and more in episode 50. And here she talks about where she sees travel going and how the hotel industry can and must attract new talent. What is a prediction you have about the future of hospitality?
3: Mm. The prediction that I have is that we will recover from you know it was COVID. Now it's the monkeypox. Like <laughs> we will we, we we will recover. I don't think it will be the same. I don't think the traveler will be the same. Like the traveler that we were marketing and targeting to. Pre-COVID, I don't think it's going to be the same travel or post-COVID. How do you think they're different? Well, they've experienced so many different things in a short period of time, right? People life changed. They lost people. Some people became more present. They focused. Maybe it's like, you know, before they were a role warrior at work, but since they were at home, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm able to spend more time with my child. So they look at life differently. Right. They may be instead of staying at mostly at corporate hotels, though, re- they don't mind, you know, spending thousands of dollars to stay in a treehouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that that's what I mean by it, is I think people I think we're going to get more experiential travelers. And I think the 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 way that we used to th- do things that this works no it's, it's different. Like, I don't want to hear that. And I also think that as an industry that we're going to be more diverse and more inclusive when it comes to more women in leadership positions. I see a wave of more women hotel owners, the more diversified hotel owners and in, in, in leadership roles and within operations. I see that happening probably within the next five to 10 years. Um, because now we have people who are coming in order for our industry to last and stay, we have to cultivate and we have to nurture people in high school, in college, so that way they can keep our industry going. And to do that is to bring people who look like you and I, you know, through that space and let them see that, okay, you just don't have to be a general manager. There's so many different career paths within the hospitality industry, and this is what you can do. And so I see that, and I can't wait to see it. And the reason why I'm saying this because when I speak to students, and I speak to so many people in college, and I can't wait to start speaking to some high school students, their thought process is completely different now. It's like now we now we're open to not just being general managers. Now we're open to being maybe a CEO of a hotel or being in you know corporate or being in sales and marketing or do whatever. So
0: well, or all of these other career paths that you talked about experiencing. I mean, when yeah. I was coming up in my early days in the hotel business, I didn't know any of that stuff even existed. Right. Mm-mm. I don't think Mm-mm. many people do.
3: I didn't know you could be an architect in the hospitality industry. Exactly. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know there was a need for a social media manager. Didn't know that there was a need for, you know, a corporate food and beverage. All of these different, you know, positions and different things or technology, somebody who can code like, come on now. <laughs>
0: Peter Van Dorn joined me in episode 61 to talk about Sensible, where he is business development lead. Sensible allows travelers to buy weather insurance, essentially guaranteeing sunshine or your money back. Pete told me about his predictions for the future of travel tech. What is a prediction that you have for the future of travel tech?
4: Well, I think we're already starting to see it a little bit with certain travel suppliers and OTAs, which is just a whole suite of new value added services coming online for travelers, whether that's new kind of fintech enabled products or, or other services. Um, I think you'll see that really become mainstream in the coming years. And so, you know, OTAs to date, you know, I'm talking about Expedia, Booking.com, sites like that, are really built to convert paid traffic. So they, you know, if they pay for a keyword on Google they get that click over to their website, and they're very focused on converting that click into a booking. So it's just kind of a very transactional mindset. And I think you're now seeing OTAs to start doing more than just trying to match supply and demand, aggregating a bunch of hotel rates or a bunch of airfares, creating packages, and then buying traffic from Google, effectively. you know, Hopper is a travel booking app, is one of the more innovative ones. And so they're doing some cool stuff with fare locks and other kind of travel-related guarantees. Um, Sensible's Guarantee, I guess, is an example of that type of value-added service. Um, But I don't know if you've heard of a Canadian startup called Sherpa, which has built a really rich data set um, of all the kind of cross-border visa rules and requirements for international travelers. And during the pandemic, they built... Um, similar logic for cross-border rules as it relates to COVID vaccinations and testing and that sort of thing. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so they've got an API and so you can find that on American Airlines and the American Express's travel portal has a lot of that information now. Airbnb is another example. So they're investing more and more in their air cover program, which is kind of a suite of protections and value-added services for both hosts and guests. Um, So I think Kind of the overall theme is you're going to see more than just aggregation of supply and acquisition of demand really kind of starting to see brands and i think hotels and airlines will follow where they're leaning into these value added services and kind of making those the key points of differentiation as opposed to just focused on who has the lowest price and kind of who can convert the you know booking for the lowest effective CPA Seems like we're maturing past that and you know, getting back to focusing on the experience, not just the transaction.
0: I certainly hope so. And, you know, not for nothing, but it's hard and getting more expensive and less effective by the day to buy that kind of traffic. So Absolutely. it's ultimately going to be completely impossible if people don't start to add some more value into those offers, that will be like, we spent $10 million to make $10 million and 5 cents. Okay. Congratulations. (laughs) Our last prediction comes from the iconic Don Gallagher, chief commercial officer at Crescent Hotels and Resorts. In episode 51, Dawn told me a truly epic loading dock story, among other things. So be sure that you catch up on that one if you missed it. I asked Dawn to wave a magic wand before she looked into her crystal ball. So you're going to hear both in this clip. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about our industry, what would it be? Are you going to say Sunday night?
5: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just wondering, how do I turn that around on that Sunday night? Moving forward, Susan, in the environment that we're in today, where a lot of hotels are managed by management companies, a lot of owners are more involved in the day-to-day operation than ever before. I'd like to continue to see the ownership piece evolve. You know, there is a partnership with most owners sometimes there's a contentious relationship with most owners. And I think sometimes those contentious relationships on the ownership side will impact the viability and the recruiting of associates in those hotels. It will impact that piece. So I think that is the piece that I'd like to continue to see evolve into this stronger partnership to understand that in the end, we are all out for one thing. We are out to get the best results of a hotel, to create the best environment for our associates. And and then everybody wins. And if we all can stay on that same page moving forward, we will all be wildly successful.
0: What's a prediction that you have for the future of hospitality that's not a wish, but it's definitely coming? I think
5: that the prediction of the future for hospitality is that there is more that hotels can offer that they haven't offered in the past that it's not an industry that we're going to have to worry about forever on the employment end. This is fun. If you are in an industry that is as fast-moving as the hotel business and you are excited about what you can do in a hotel, from operations to sales to to revenue, it's going to bring people back. We're not always going to be the industry that has to fight with tech for people. I think that our industry... Is a very desired industry that creates so much energy for people, creates so many memories for people um, that we're not always going to be in the place that we are today, which is, you know, where the help is coming from, that it will continue to evolve and become stronger in the future.
0: Okay, I really want to know, what do you think of these predictions, either the ones from my guests or the ones that I made in the last episode? Please feel free to email me. The address is susan at topfloorpodcast.com. And let me know if you agree, if you think we're way off base, or if you have a completely different prediction that you want to share. Also, in last week's episode, I made a mistake. I realized it as soon as I quit recording, and I just could not face re recording the whole thing. So I said that Josiah McKenzie was in episode 70. When in fact, he was in episode 69, I offered a prize to anybody who could tell me what mistake I made and nobody took me off on it. So no prize for you, but thank you so much for listening. You are a prize to me. Thank you for listening. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 72. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our Elevated Elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen.
1: Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode.